Yeah, hi, I'm Tom Asaka. I'm with Buzz Knight, and we're in beautiful New Hampshire taking a walk in the woods. Welcome to Taking a Walk, an excursion to converse, connect, and catch up at a cool location with some of the most interesting people you can find. Here's Buzz Knight. Well, Tom, it's so nice to uh, officially meet you. I mean, we've spoken before, and obviously I don't think uh, each of us are meeting a lot of people during all this uh, this thing we won't name that's happened for the last two years. So it's, it's nice to actually meet you. Yes, it is. It's, it's strangely wonderful just to be in the presence of another human being, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, thanks for taking a walk. So how do you use uh, taking a walk for you know, something to spurn on your creativity or uh, unleash you at a moment that you need to be unleashed. I mean, how do you use uh, the act of taking a walk? Yeah, you know, I've never really thought about it, Buzz, and and probably like me, uh, we grew up, at least I did as a child, all we did was walk. We We just left the house and we walked, and we walked to school, and we walked to the playground, and we walked in the woods, and, you know, at least I was told that uh, when you see those street lights come on, you better be home for dinner. But beyond that, we would just, felt like we were just walking, and so I spent my whole life reflecting and walking, and it's just, seems natural to me. Well, what's so cool about it, first of all, is going to a place uh, here, Tower Hill Pond, outside of Nashua, New Hampshire, that uh, I haven't been. So that's one cool aspect of it. But the other fun part here, certainly for for me in this, is uh, either meeting someone in person I've never met before or reacquainting with someone and having a great conversation. So I think it's so cool to be able to take a walk and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I am too. Look, I always get new insights when I leave the whatever comfortable world my head happens to be in. You know, if it's at my desk, if it's working on something, that that attention is just usually laser focused. So this is the way yeah, I don't even know what it is. Maybe it's this bird that I hear in this tree right now. It, it just will give me, stimulate some kind of new thought, new thinking, and uh, it's invaluable, you know. And I, I, more than anything, enjoy the the company and the dance with other people. Yeah, me, me as well. So what I find interesting about you is I don't know how to put you in a box of any type, <laughs> which I think, as I was thinking about it, I said... That is quite a goal you achieved because I think you live in the business world of transformation. You live in the personal transformation world. You're creating. So how do you describe what the heck you do? <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, Buzz, because you, you pointed out in a paradoxical way how I do what I do when you said that you, you mentioned the word goal. You know, you said, how did you achieve this goal? And it's because I don't have a goal that I, I seem to be able to just shift and move in whatever direction something's pulling me. I think the goal creates the box. So if you have some kind of goal that to be something, to become someone, to achieve, to accumulate, you're now in this box of how do I do that? 
and it, it creates a focus and a lot of your curiosity now is kind of diminished because look you gotta you gotta compete against others you know you have to really put your head down and focus and I've, I've never looked at life like that I, I, I will just do things and if they don't work for me at some point and, and usually I mean if I don't want to do it anymore I'll just figure out a way to stop and just shift um, I'm still here so I guess it's <laughs> it's, it's working so far <laughs> well so what shaped you this way though like was it particular mentors at a younger age or did uh, did you hit your head <laughs> no, no you know no listen that, that you, you think that's funny I have a friend who believes I told him that when I was in I think it was third or fourth grade that a kid kicked me off the uh, the monkey bars and I landed on my back of my head and and like I got knocked unconscious and uh, had to get stitches in my head he said he thinks that that did it that that, that kind of silenced whatever that voice was that everybody else has telling them you can't do that you shouldn't do that focus here he thinks that that somehow knocked that thing out of me but honestly I think it's because I grew up I was born in Louisiana and my my uh, maternal grandparents lived on a little farm and I mean a tiny little shack of a house and they had I don't know eight or nine children so I had a whole bunch of aunts and uncles and cousins down in Louisiana in this strange part of the world to me and I was raised in a, a large immigrant family outside of Boston and I would go back and forth between these places and I would see all of these different people dirt farmers rich people mechanics school teachers musicians and I saw that there really wasn't any particular path that I had to focus on and choose to get what I wanted, which was an exciting, happy, peaceful life. So I just shifted, I just kept shifting, looking for the experiences that brought me alive, and I, I never looked back, I never thought about it, I never said... Now, <laughs> it has in some cases diminished my standing with people who live in particular boxes. So if I'm like a branding expert, and then all of a sudden I'm working on personal development books and seminars, it confuses them. Like, wait a minute, I thought you were the branding guy. So people like putting other people in boxes so that they can define them and it makes them comfortable. And that's one of the downsides of kind of jumping around to whatever turns you on. but. But you love it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. Do you ever take it and have certain regrets about certain moves you made? Well, you know, I think everyone looks at their life and they look for this thing and they say to themselves, you know, if I had only just put my head down and focused, I could have been a great. So that runs through my head. I could have been a great painter. I went to school to be a painter. To, to, that's what I wanted to be, like Van Gogh, with both ears. And I, and I, you know, I stopped. I still dabble. Uh, I was a practicing magician. And I thought to myself, I could have been David Blaine. 
I could have been in, you know, if I had just spent 30 years working on these tricks. And then I thought about it and I said, well, I got to be Van Gogh and David Blaine and <laughs> I got to do all of it. So the idea that I have to be someone compared to others, that, that left me a long time ago. So I don't, I don't ever think like that anymore. I don't, I, I don't even ruminate on it. It just doesn't seem to add value to think about life like that. So what's a typical day for you? <laughs> yeah, I wish I had typical days. Um, <laughs> typical day. Well, since COVID hit, I... I uh, oh, we weren't going to mention that. Oh, We were going to call it that thing. Yeah, since that thing... Yeah, whatever that thing is. <laughs> since that thing hit, I have... Uh, I've stopped going to the gym. So I've got a little makeshift place in the basement. Uh, I, I, I'll say to my I'll say to my wife, yeah, I'm going out of the basement. And she says, it's the gym. I said, no, it's the basement. <laughs> so I, I go to the basement like maybe three or four times a week and work out in the morning. And then I usually head into my office and, yeah, it's usually phone calls with clients, writing. Uh, you know, I'm working on a, a new program to try to help people escape their limiting stories. What direction do you think we should go? Yeah. <laughs> I will go to this, this way. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of, I, I let other people's schedules influence me so I'll ask people what's a good time for you and if they say yeah it's good to meet at one I'll do a meeting at one and then I'll schedule my my writing reading research around all of those little schedules because I don't have a particular place I need to be do you allow enough time to just think <laughs> and just give yourself a little freedom and uh, ability to skywrite? Yeah, um, I do a lot of reading, a lot of probably too much reading. Um, and pretty much mostly uh, real books, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it is about reading on a device or online. I just really, I have a hard time doing it. I like to have a pencil and scribble in the book in the margins and underline or the red line right Some yeah people i know red line yeah yeah so yeah I, I do a lot of reading what are you reading oh god right now i'm reading a book on mindfulness a new book on mindfulness i can't remember the name of it uh i i've, I've asked for i think three or four books as christmas gifts there's one called how to be an animal uh so it, it sounded interesting to me. So we so could circle me, back this way. Yeah, I said, let me. I said, let me pick up this Whoa. book, <laughs> How to Be an Animal, because we're animals. So let me see if I'm doing it right. Um, God, everything, everything from from uh, Lao Tzu, <laughs> you know, to uh, to brain science. I, I'm just fascinated by, I guess, what many people call you know, the human condition. And I really see it more as human conditioning. And I, I'm, I'm trying to understand it. I, I really want to know why people are getting further and further lost and hypnotized in these stories that they create, especially since the internet. I really believe that this is doing something to young people's minds where they're all of a sudden the center 
of some kind of really serious story and they think people are watching them all the time and they're always looking at themselves through the lens of an audience trying to perform. So I'm intrigued by that. I'm fascinated by it. And I want to see if I can do something to try to help what I think is really a bad trend. So, Boy, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You were reading my mind because I just heard a, another one of those studies out talking about you know, the dangers of screen time and what it's doing to the youth of tomorrow. And this is nothing brand new, obviously. We've seen this happening. I think we could all, you know, follow the trend lines further, but it's alarming. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't think it's fully understood by, by the psych, you know, the, the world of psychology, psychiatry, brain science. I don't think... They fully understand what is happening to people's brains. I'm, get, I'm getting closer and closer to what I believe is happening. And, it, and it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that our minds have this unbelievable ability that animals don't have to simulate the world. We can project the future, what something's going to feel like if we do something in the future. We can look at the past and project that in our minds like a movie to try to discover insights and meaning and feelings. But if we do that all the time, if while we're walking, we think we're simulating the world instead of experiencing the world, that's when it becomes really dangerous, really dangerous. I mean, I've had people tell me that they can't really be in the present moment because their mind is thinking about how the present moment should arise, how it should look when they take a picture, you know, things like that. And that's alarming to me because I've never felt that. And I think it has to do with how we, at least how I grew up. So, I don't know, I, I agree with you, it's alarming. So what are some of the things you've been creating over uh, the last few years of this thing that's been going on? <laughs> Well, so when the thing kind of uh, dried up, what I was primarily doing for a living, which was speaking, so I was traveling all over the world, country and the world, giving keynote speeches at events. So that's, that obviously stopped for most of us to do that work. And I had an idea, which I had been leaning on, but never really d done anything with for three or four years. So I said, this whole idea of podcasting and how powerful it is as a medium. I was about, I think, three or four years ago, I was doing a podcast with Mark Ramsey. Right. And I would talk to him and I said, you know, it's interesting to me is you got a lot of people, employees of large companies that listen to these podcasts in their downtime. They'll do it when they're biking, when they're washing dishes at the gym, whatever. Why aren't organizations creating their own valuable content as a podcast and bringing in guests that can give different perspectives and bringing on executives that can give insights? And we started looking around and our assumption, and this, is, this was an hypothesis that I think proved out, was that... One, they hadn't been introduced to it, but two, 
if they were introduced to it, what would happen is they would want that, those podcasts to be secure. So they wouldn't want them going out to the world because they're for the employees only. And at that time, about two or three years ago, there were not any secure podcasting platforms. But since podcasting has pretty much exploded and people are charging now for a podcast, they had to create secure platforms. So I said, okay, the secure platforms exist. Let me go to these corporations and see if I can work with them strategically to create these internal corporate podcasts. And so that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. I got one major client, and I've got a, potentially another one coming on. And it's uh, like I said. Hello. Hi. Hi. Enjoy your walk. <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's what I've been working on. And uh, the other thing I've been working on, and this is, I think I'm into year five of working on this, is I'm working on getting a movie made. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait to tell this story once it, once it happens, because this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. It is, uh, and I mean, I've done some interesting, complicated things like developing medical devices and bringing those to market, but this is, uh, this is something else. So I'm hoping that, it, that we get this thing going in 2022. But uh, we'll see. Again, it's one of those things I don't really pin my hopes on anything. I just keep doing it and see what happens. And the book, too, which you gave me before we started our walk as well, is that, is that uh, during this period or was that yeah. before this period? No, I wrote that during, during this period of this thing. Uh, and primarily, Buzz, because of what you said about how kind of scary it is. What, what the internet, social media, just all of it is doing to people's brains. So I wrote this book with a title that most people won't be turned on by because they don't want it. And it's called Your Brain on Story, The Destructive Seduction of the Hero's Journey. And the book is basically a conversation with me and a friend. It's, it's a hypothetical, but it's all true. Everything in there, if people have said to me, to try to unwind why people are walking around thinking that they're the central character in some kind of movie, all about them. And hopefully, at the end, if people read it, it will liberate them to let that illusion go and to go out and experience life with all this worry and regret and everything else that's driving people nuts. So that's that's what that was all about. That's I don't think awesome. I'm taking enough walks because look at me, I'm huffing and puffing here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful day. It is gorgeous. Beautiful New England day. So what are you most hopeful in closing that 2022 will bring besides obviously project-related work that you talked about, uh, bringing it to market? What do you hope for 2022? Look, I'm I'm not an optimist at all, and I'm and I'm really not big on hope, but I am a firm believer in possibility. I have seen people create things. I have seen groups come together when others would say that's impossible, that can't be done. So I'm a big believer that this generation that we are 
turning over the reins to are really going to create something amazing, an amazing world. And what we're going through right now is a tension. We're going through the tension of the old and the new. It happens every time. I don't care if it's an organization, a family, a government, a society. Every time you transition from the old to the new, you go through this struggle. You know, so I think it's going to be a really booming time and place over the next five or ten years. And I think it's going to make us all proud. So I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to just uh, this thing kind of going away for good. And if it doesn't go away for good, which it may never go away for good, big deal. It'll just be like the seasonal flu and we'll get a shot of something. So off we go, you know, onward and upward. And Yes, optimism. Yeah. So a conversation with somebody that's optimistic. <laughs> oh, my God. Who the heck are you, Tom Asacker? <laughs> Possibility. Possibility. Anybody that tells me something can't be done, I like to disprove that. That kind of that's what gets my jollies is, is doing that. And and I believe that it's all right in our fingertips. We can do all of it. We can. But we just have to you know, we have to come together, stop all the crazy, ridiculous things that we're doing, and just get focused. Focus with our hearts, use our God given gifts, our minds, our intellect, and make these things happen that we want to see in life. Um, thanks for taking a walk. This has been great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think I have to go take a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.